Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to the world. Oh, messed up. Welcome to the Wholeness Journey course. I'm your host. I'm your teacher today, Joshua Ezzy. For those who know me, who man, I am messing this up. For those uh, who don't know, my name is Joshua Ezzy, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And this course was designed um, to help you gain, obtain wholeness, and sustain wholeness. So after watching this video, like, man, I like this guy's vibe, go ahead and subscribe. And I would love to be a coach here online. But for those who've been rocking me for a long time, whether you've been watching for 14 years or you've been subscribed for 14 minutes, I want to say thank you so much uh, for trusting me uh, with the gift that God has entrusted in me to uh, help you uh, grow in the things of God and all that good stuff. So if you're watching this live, if you're watching this later, go ahead and share this with someone that you know for a fact needs um, these tools, these resources to help them become whole. And for those who's very new, who haven't heard, I released my eighth book, uh, the Wholeness Journal, and that's what has birthed the Wholeness Journey course. And so if you want to make sure you get a lot out of this course, make sure you go right now with the link in the description box below of this video and go ahead and get your Wholeness Journal now because it's going to help you on your Wholeness Journey. But let me go ahead and see who's in the building live. Lenita, what's going on? Joshua Pittman, what's going on, fam? I'll make sure I'll do my best to get to your question. But for time's sake, let's get right into our notes. Well, the course flow is this. We already discussed this um, last week. Um, for the first few weeks, we're going to be talking about um, the intro. Well, last week we talked about the introduction of wholeness, completeness, and lacking nothingness coming out of James. This week, we're going to be talking about completed to compete or complete. And we're going to do maybe part two of that because I got a lot of notes on this topic. And I'm like, man, I may have to do three videos on this on this topic as well. But we'll go over the course flow um, another time. But this is for those who are studious and really want to know the direction of this course. Here are the next eight talking points in phase one of the wholeness journey. But let's get right into our main script for the day. And it's this. James 1, 2 through 3 says, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces patience. Verse four is where we're going to root ourselves for the next few weeks. It says, and let patience have its what? Full effect that you may be perfect or whole and complete, lacking enough. And the first point that I want to make sure that I share with you is that each underlying category must be obtained and sustained to hold anything. In order for us to hold anything, hold a spouse, hold a child, hold a job, hold responsibilities, whatever it is that we endeavor to hold, we must not just obtain this level, but we also must sustain ourselves in the wholeness of God, the completeness of God, and the fact that we lack nothing in God. Let's keep going. Oh, it also says it's an every day and every moment reliance on the supply of the Holy Spirit. In order for you to hold anything in life, you must understand this, that it is an everyday and every moment reliance on the what? Supply of the Holy Spirit. And what this means is, is that there is a day you cannot go by. 
There's not a day or a moment or a minute that you should be not cognizant of the present help of the Holy Spirit. That in order for me to sustain my position as a husband, coach, teacher, or whomever, I got to be cognizant of and reliant upon the supply of the Holy Spirit. Because in my own ability, I, I am unable to hold any position, to hold any person, or to hold any product or perspective correctly. So in order for us to be perfect or whole, complete and lacking in nothing, we have to understand that it's just not a place that we obtain. It's a place that we must sustain. Let's keep going. Definitions real quickly. Complete by definition is having all the required or customary or common characteristics, skills or the like to consummate perfect in kind or quality. In order for someone to be complete, they must have all the required. People have to understand that everything that you're reaching for has specific, uh, specific requirements. The issue is we give benefits before we even explain our requirements. There's no job in this country, no job wherever you are, that's going to give you health benefits, health care, if you're not willing to prove that you can care for the responsibilities. There's a lot of people who are giving people, men and women, benefits of their time, benefits of their body, benefits of their emotion. They're getting all these benefits without first meeting the requirements. In order to complete or to complement, I have to first ask myself, does this thing or individual complement? Complement connect to me equally. That's why I always talk about that. We should never be looking for a better half. We should be pursuing God's equal whole for us. But unfortunately, many people don't even know what's required of them. Many people don't even know what's required of them as a man, what's required of them as a woman. And then they start connecting themselves with individuals with holes in their lives leaking because they haven't allowed Christ to complete them so that they can actually compete and complete at a high level. That's why it's important to say, to understand the value of your benefits. What benefits do you offer? What do you bring to the table? What's in you? And who is benefiting from it, but is not equal to you? Because most people that you give benefits to typically are leeches leaking out of you. What's, what's, what's reserved for someone that's supposed to be your equal? So in order for us, or well, let's get back to the definition, it says having all the required or customary or common characteristics, skills or the like, perfect in kind or quality. Another definition is to make whole or entire. Next point says all the required, having all parts or elements, lacking nothing whole, entire, full. That's what complete means. That right now, because I'm being completed in Christ, that I have been completed in Christ, and I'm sustaining with the help of the Holy Ghost, my completeness in him, then I'm able to provide the characteristics because I'm connected. Therefore, I'm completed, meaning that I now can share characteristics that God wants to share through me as a husband. Skills develop within me to be able to coach well and teach well, right? And to ensure that I'm perfect in kind or quality, that I'm actually the person that actually can provide the quality needed to sustain a marriage, the quality needed to sustain a ministry, the qualities needed. That's why it's important that we must understand that we must be first completed in Christ and, and, and allow ourselves to be in the midst of his completeness so that we can continue to, to provide what's needed for whoever we are connected to. 
completed by definition is to bring something or someone to a state or a way of life where nothing remains to be done. I have another point says deliverance. Deliver to deliver without deception and development. That's what God wants. He wants us to be channel, distribution channels by which his personality, his characteristics, his, his supply can be passed through so that we can be delivered. The issue is many of us are trying to deliver things without first being delivered. There's so many demonic spirits in people. There's so many uh, 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 generational curses in people. There's so many bad habits and hobbies and traits in people's lives that's keeping them or hindering them from delivering what needs to be delivered to those who need it. Can God deliver things through you? If there is holes in a process, holes in a system at Amazon, will packages be delivered? They have to think about every point from the ordering process to the shipping process to the actual delivering process to make sure that once you order online, it's passed through and at your doorstep at a certain point of time. The same thing is with us. How are you as an Amazon? How are you as a delivering channel? How are you? Does, does package get lost in the process? Does love get lost in the process? Does what your child need get lost in the process? Does what your wife need get lost in the process? Does what your job need get lost in the process? Because there are holes in your system. So you have to look at all the breaches in your life and say, Christ, complete this for me. Fill these holes up. Fill these areas so what my child needs can be delivered from heaven through me as a distribution channel can be given to my spouse, given to my children, given to any person in need. That's why Jesus wants to bring you through his spirit to a place where you're completed so packages can be delivered on time when they need to be so that children won't grow up in dysfunctional homes because there's holes in the process. There's holes in a system that has not been completed by Christ. What things were supposed to be delivered through you but couldn't because they got lost in the process? So in order for us to deliver, we have to be delivered. In order for things to be delivered through us, we have to be delivered. The issue is we don't have no understanding of what is in us that's keeping us from being delivered. Let's keep going. Because I have a lot of points that I want to share today. Questions that I want you to think about today is this. What characteristic skills are you missing for what you're called to do, What for what's for your companion, children, etc.? What characteristics or skills are missing for what you are called to do for your companion, for your children? What's missing? What characteristics are missing in your life? What skills are missing in your life that is supposed to benefit your calling, benefit your companion, benefit your children? The next question I want you to think about this week after watching this video is, what things are hindering you from competing and completing at a high level? Our focus are going to be those two words, completing and competing, competing and completing at a what high level? Next question I want you to think about this week is this. What things will help you compete and complete at a high level? I know that I got to miss a, type, a typo there, but you get it. What things will help you compete and complete at a high level. Last question is, what are some benefits of completion? These questions 
process this week and ask yourself so that you can really see the areas you need completion in in your life. Now, let's get to the problem. Many people are trying to compete against their opposition and complete important things without first being completed in Christ. I'll break it down a little bit more. Many people are trying to compete against their opposition and complete important things without being completed enough in Christ to do so at a high level. They are working for completion and not from completion. Now, what does that mean? It simply means this. In order for us to compete and complete at a high level, we have to first be completed in Christ. The issue is many people don't even know what they're competing against. And many people don't even know what it takes to complete. It takes a lot to complete a a 50, 60 year marriage. It takes a lot to complete or have proof that that you are a a whole parent, right? To see your children complete and compete at a high level. It takes a lot to complete 40, 50 years of ministry. It takes a lot to be able to say in your last breath, I have finished the race. I've, I've, I've fought the good fight. I've completed my race. It takes a lot. And the only way that we're going to be able to go the full way is if that we become a follower of Jesus and allow his spirit to complete those areas in our lives that's causing us not to be who we need to be. That last sentence says they are working for completion, meaning that people are looking to be completed. I'm not looking to be completed. I'm looking to compliment. There's a big difference. I don't need my wife to complete me. That's why she's not my better half. She's an equal whole. She's whole, I'm whole, therefore we can hold, right? The issue is not for me to look for completion, and that's what people do. They go in and out of relationships looking to be completed. Can you complete me? Can you make me feel whole? Can you make me better, right? Can you be the person that can make me feel like somebody? And that's the issue. People are looking to be uh, completed because they have been depleted. They got holes in their life, and therefore they've been defeated. But until you get your feet rooted and grounded on God, you're not going to be able to really hold anything. That's why I am looking to compliment. I compliment my wife. That's why I'm always sustaining myself in the completed work of Jesus. That's why I want to stay in his presence. That's why I want to stay in his flow. That's why I want to go where he goes. So no matter where she goes with me, she'll never have to feel an unnecessary pull from me, meaning that I need her to complete me. I need her to be my identity. So when I have children, I'm not so um, desperate in having children or so distraught because I didn't finish a particular thing in my past life. And now I'm trying to live vicariously through my children's present life to the point to where now I need them to complete me, that I have children to make me feel like somebody, that I have this ministry to feel like somebody. No, I am somebody because of the one body that died for me, shed his blood for me, resurrected for me, is now seated beside the heavenly father for me make an intercession for me so that I can begin to progress in the things that I'm called to do. See, when you're looking to be completed, you're going to always find yourself depleted. I'm working from completion. I'm working from the completed work of Jesus. I'm working from it. Therefore, the supply of the Holy Spirit is funneling through me the ability to do whatever it is that I'm responsible for. So now I compliment my wife. 
So I'm I'm not pulling from her. I'm 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 a reservoir for her. That when I go into my school, that I'm not looking for children to complete avoiding me to make me feel like somebody. I can now compliment my job, compliment my pastor in church, compliment everything I'm connected to because I've already been completed in Jesus. If I'm looking towards my pastor to complete me, so that, to position me, so that I can be seen, <clears throat> then I'm going to be proven ill-equipped to minister. Therefore, when I serve my church, I'm already full of God. I don't need anything. I don't need to preach on a Wednesday. I don't need to preach on a Sunday. I don't need. He can have me sit in a corner teaching kids for 20 years and I don't care because I'm completed. Then when I go into my school, I'm not looking for promotion. I'm not looking to be fulfilled or filled from something else outside of me. I'm already full. I'm focusing on filling than being filled. I'm focused more about fulfilling than I am for someone who else is full to fill in me to make me feel like a person. That's why we have to work from completion, not for completion. And so many people are looking for a man. All of a sudden, now I need a husband to complete me. You've been insecure for all these years. You have these daddy issues and mommy issue voids in your soul. Now you're looking for a man. Now you're saying that if I can marry him, I can feel like somebody. <clears throat> if I marry her, I can feel like somebody. And now you become an unnecessary pressure you become an unnecessary individual for that person. And now that person can't even be their completed self. They can't even be who they were called to be because you need them to be you. You need them for you to feel like you need to be. That's wrong. That's backwards. Anytime you need someone, something, or some position to feel like someone, then you're going to find yourself continuously depleted. That's why we got to make sure that we're working from, from completion, from the finished work of Jesus, from that. So that wherever we go from that place, we can be a benefit wherever we stand. Next point, we must stay, we must stay in the completed work of Christ and sustain his completion to complete and compete. We must stay in his completed work, meaning that we have to continuously through the sanctification process, let that thing work and continue to refine and finish things through the various trials, through the testing of your faith, through the working of patience, get you into a place. That's why God allows, and we'll talk about that, various trials. And you hear me say this all, all the time, various trials makes you versatile. He gives us various trials. He then tests our faith. He then gives us seasons where patience work so that we can be complete, whole, and lacking in nothing wherever we stand. It's a process. Some of us are being processed to the place of completion, to the place of wholeness, to a place of lacking nothingness. And so many, some of us are already there. And you cannot celebrate a moment that you reach the place. You've got to sustain that moment by moment through the presence of the mastermind, the Holy Spirit, right? So some people are there. Some people are getting there. But either way, when you get there, you got to stay there and sustain there. We're going to talk more about his finished work in the next slide. Next point. It is going to be hard to compete and complete in this demonic world if you haven't been completed or if you don't sustain completeness. Please understand that. Let me pull my notes so I can see because that's kind of small on my screen. It is going to be hard to compete and complete in this demonic world if you haven't been completed 
or if you don't sustain completeness in Christ. Now, what does that mean? This demonic world is not going to make it easy for you. It should be unfair for the world competing against Christians. The issue is we want to be more like the world than we want to be like Christ. Christ walked in dominance. Even in the moment of death, he dominated because the enemy thought that death was going to destroy the Christ, but then realized that death was the process to bring life and life more abundantly. So Jesus walked in dominance. And we as believers, followers of Jesus, are supposed to operate in that dominance. The world should be bowing down to us. The world should be coming for resources, for looking for resources from us. We're supposed to be the innovators and the creators of this world. And if you're not connected to Christ through his spirit, if you're not enabling uh, him to work through you, then when it's time to get in your position, you will be ineffective. Right now, we're supposed to be the witty ones. Why did Pharaoh hire Joseph? Why did the kings go for Daniel? Because they were peculiar. They were different. These kings and pharaohs and presidents can care less about your God if you got the wisdom of God working through you. If you got the things of God working through you, if you're highly skilled at what you do, I don't care what they doing with whatever, whatever in our world today, putting pressure on people. I bet you if you're really good at what you do and you are Daniel and Joseph at your employer, if you really valuable, they're they going to let you slide through because you're too valuable. We are supposed, that's why they, the word of God calls us light and salt. We are the preservers. But if the salt has lost its saltiness, it's good for nothing to be but to be trampled upon. And look at how many Christians are being trampled upon today because they lost their saltiness. If you are a preserver and not full of preservatives, then you will find yourself uh, 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 elevated. People should look at you and be like, that's a preserver. That person don't even need me. Do you know what kind of confidence you bring when you walk into a room and a room feels you don't need it? Every room I go into, I walk with confidence knowing that I don't need anything because I'm fully supplied. Every job, every place, I walk with confidence and dominance because I know who I am in Christ. And I will never make a person feel like I need them. That's what makes me intimidated. That's what makes believers intimidated when you can walk with Christ's confidence knowing that you have all you need. That y'all can walk in any room and not juke and jive and brown nose and be up, up under somebody's tail trying to prevail. I don't have to do that because I'm connected. That's confidence. When you're able to walk in a room and tell that room, I don't need you, you need me. Every room I walk in, that room needs me. That's the mindset we have to have. And when you have that mindset uh, 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 in your life, then you'll begin to find yourself completing at a high level and competing at a high level where there's Tom Brady like dominance, Michael Jordan like dominance, that when you walk on the field, your demons are shaking. Demons should be shaken and bothered when you walk into a room because the dominion has shifted. Every classroom I walk in, every child's eyes I look into, whatever demons in that life, whatever demons in that room, wherever they should feel nervous. They should feel nervous because we're completed in Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives through me. And when they see Jesus in you, demons should stutter. They should shudder because of who you are, right? But when you don't know who you are and you walking in this shallow cupcake 
fruity pebble type of Christianity, then you're, you're not going to be able to really uh, um, see the dominance and the power that you're supposed to walk in because wholeness is powerful. Because wholeness says I can hold anything with or without your help because of the greater help that's in me, the Holy Spirit. It is going to be hard. Make sure I make this big for you all. It's going to be hard to compete and complete in this demonic world if you haven't been completed or if you don't sustain completeness. Next point. Because it's finished. Hear me. Because it's finished, we can finish. That's the encouraging. I don't care what that book is, that song is, that business is, that ministry is. I don't care where your marriage is right now. I don't care where your children is right now. I don't care whatever, whatever. You can repent and get back going. Repent and regroup and rebound. But because it's finished, we can finish anything. Because of what the finished work of Jesus, because of what happened, because we can be completed in him, we can finish anything. Let's keep going for time because I have some more points. And I'm already 20-something minutes in. We have assignments to complete. Hear me. You and I have assignments to complete. The Christians and the church were designed to be unmatched opponents for, of the enemy. We were designed to be unmatched opponents of the enemy. We are the innovators and true and the true creators of the world. Please understand that. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of the modern world is from Christians, the church, literature, reading, right? A lot of the things. Because when believers come into the spectrum, dignity comes to the spectrum. And what I mean by that? Because of Christ, he revealed to us the dignity, the image that we bear of God. And when we begin to recognize image bearers, then we become solution-minded. If I know that you bear God's image, then I care for you. And if I care for you, I can create things that will care for you that will also get you to a caliber of an individual to care for yourself. <clears throat> so when Christians saw the state of literature and literacy, believers stepped in and said, because I care about you, that you bear the image of God and you have the dignity of God on you, that by which there's the only way that we can be dignified, then I'm going to boost you up to a dignitary. So that you can see yourself as, as a one uh, image bearer of God. Therefore, it spawns this level of creative ability where people are creating for to care for others. That's why we were supposed to be unmatched opponents of the enemy. In our own flesh, we're defeated. But by the spirit, we can be undefeated. We were supposed to be the innovators. We are, I'm sorry. We are the innovators and true creators of the world. But when Christians are idle, or when Christians are distracted, or when people think they're Christians but not Christians and dilute the marketplace or dilute the, the church, right? That all of a sudden people are too distracted, too wounded, too caught up in sin, too um, uh, heavy laden with unnecessary weights to be able to create. Let's keep going. Now, let's talk about the finished work. Let's get theological. The finished work means. Paid in full. The finished work means paid in full. The finished work was when Jesus was on the cross and he said these words. The book, the Gospel of John says it. He said, It is finished. Meaning that, and the people get kind of caught up in this when they don't believe that Jesus is God. Jesus is fully God and fully man. Meaning, because it's proof. The only way 
God's wrath can be appeased or paid for was by a God. God had to reveal himself. God had to be God in human flesh so that when he was beaten and the blood dropped because back then blood was payment, that's the only way that can appease a wrath of God. It took the blood of a God to appease the wrath of a God, right? It took the blood of God. I want to say a God because that makes you think crazy. It took the blood of God to appease the wrath of God, right? And when that blood dropped, it proved that every person's sins from beginning that present moment and now can be paid in full. Now, here's the caveat. You got to accept the payment. God paid for everybody. That's why he says he wished above all that all men would be saved. He paid for everyone's debt, but he was he knew that not everybody will accept the, 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 the way by which the debt can be paid. The way is Jesus, right? That's the way. And so if you don't understand that, a lot of people have went to altars and stuff like that, but they haven't really accepted the finished work because the fruit of the finished work is fruitfulness. Let's keep going. So the finished work means paid in full. Now, let's get back to some more points. He says, Jesus saying it's finished was him declaring to his father that the debt owed by human about by mankind was fully paid for. It is finished. I lived the perfect life. I have I have been placed on my body. All the sins of mankind, hidden, public, known, shown, not known, etc. And I had to witness the back of my father turning his back on me. And then I had to die, release my spirit, go into hell, take the keys, take the sting, come back, eat, improve myself, touch my hand, Thomas, touch my side, Thomas, see the holes to prove to 500 or so that I resurrected, then ascend, place the blood on the mercy seat, then walk beside my father, sit at his right hand. I had to do all that to, 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 to cause such a movement that created the number one bestseller of all time, the word of God, the completion of it, which created, which created People emboldened by the spirit of God, undeniably so, where no one can say that there is no work in that to such a degree that 11 out of the 12 disciples died as martyrs, that if they would have, if they, if they have, if they made up the faith, do you think they would die for something they made up for? And how many people in the early church uh, uh, allowed their lives to be taken because they believed in what they saw? They believed in the change in them. So Jesus saying it's finished was him declaring to his father that the debt owed by humanity or mankind was fully paid for. Now, the finished work worked. The finished work worked. What did it work for? It eliminated the debt we each owed. We each owed. So all of us are guilty. That's why we need to say right now in our current state as a flawed person, we know we're not completed. We know that we are flawed. <clears throat> we know we have issues. You can look on the news. You can look at the world. You can look at your peers. You can look at your friends. You can look at your family history. You can look at your family tree and see there's an issue with this, this creation that's beautiful. 
you can easily look at the beauty of our world, the animals, the trees, the, the science, the biology, everything, and know there was a divine, there was a, a, a divine creator. Well, how do I put this? An intelligent design means there was an intelligent designer. When you look at the design of the world, you see all this detail. I got students right now that can draw magnificently. I got people right now that can do, I still people that can do amazing things. And their, their product, their painting, their drawing, their books is proof that if they, if they died uh, 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 20 years later and their books and stuff outlasted them, their product is proof that they lived, right? And it almost makes them feel like they're still living because their product is there, close to how God is. Right now, you as an image bearer is proof that you were designed the way you draw, the way you create, the way you think, the way you do whatever is skillfully. I'm talking about the genuineness of yourself, the wiring of this of yourself is proof that someone wired you. And if that proof is there, then it makes you should look up, up, upwards and say, who are you? And that person will then knock on the door of your heart and reveal himself and say, if you let me in. Not only will I give you life, I'll give you life more abundantly. And that's the beautiful thing about it. That when I know that I am a flawed man, I feel like I owe someone. I feel like I owe someone. How, how can I be made fearfully and wonderfully, but I am immensely deceptive and tragic in my actions when you begin to feel the goodness of God, it makes you feel like you owe something. And then the good news comes. The good news of the gospel is, is that I paid your debt. I took your bullet. You were supposed to be on the cross. You were supposed to be on there, but I went there for you. And then you will be overwhelmed by the goodness of God. Therefore, you will maximize the grace of God to grind for God, to present to him a gift back to him because of his glory his gloriness, now you want him to get the glory because you don't deserve it because you know how flawed and ratchet you are. We are. I am. It makes you feel like you owe him something. But then when you go to him, you ever been to someone blessed you? I know I'm kind of going back and forth. You had someone ever blessed you before and you feel like you owe them? <clears throat> and then when you go to them, they'd be like, man, nah, fam, you good? You don't owe me that. That's on me, man. That feeling you feel? Imagine when you are deserving of death, hell, and destruction, and eternal separation from a God that loves you. Imagine when, when you go to him and you have remorse for your sins and you repentful of your sins and you and you feel like you undeserving of the goodness of, 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 of God and that kind of stuff. And the goodness, of, that's why the Bible says the goodness of God draws you to repentance. And now you repent because he's been so good. And because he's been so good, you feel like I owe him something. And Jesus is like, nah, fam, I've been paid for that. Then all of a sudden it makes you feel uh, compelled to serve him with all of you. That's the beauty of the gospel. That means it eliminated debt we each owed. Right? But some people are still holding on to that debt. They're still holding on to that because they want to, they don't want God. They don't want Jesus. They don't, they don't want nothing with the things of God. So they hold on to that debt and they will eventually pay for it. Because the penalty of sin is hell. Next one. It eliminated the power of sin and Satan. The finished work 
eliminated the power of sin. No, now I am empowered now by the Holy Spirit. I don't have to sin. Sin no longer has to be an option. When you continue to sustain the completeness of God, you will have the right frame of mind to be able to see that you can't win with sin. So now, now you can tell whether or not you're a believer or a non-believer now based upon um, um, if there is a, a power in you that keep that wants you that that has that that wants to enable you to resist sin. But if you always persist in sin and there's nothing in you that resists the sin, then you ain't been freed from sin. Sin is a power. It's a force. It's something that we we was uh, we uh, inherited from the first Adam. But the second Adam, Jesus, came in so that we can be freed from it. And his finished work says you now have freedom from sin, from the powers of it. And you can overcome the devil at any time. So now the devil cannot, demons, I don't like to say devil because he's not omnipresent. Demons can no longer ruin your family tree. Demons can no longer ruin your seed, your children. Your de the demons can no longer have power to just come and take your marriage. The only way they can is if you give them legal rights. That's why you got to watch what comes out of your lips. You got to watch what you do with your life because you're giving them legal right to hinder your life. That's why you shouldn't fall in sin because we're living in a contractual and, and demonic entities that can care less about legalities. They care more about, about the, the fine print. And as long as they can get um, you to, to, to continuously walk yourself, now you're giving them legal right to destroy your children. Because you're not completed in Christ and you're not a father that's there, now you're giving demons legal right to take over your kids, to affect the way your kids think, to affect the way your kids uh, do whatever. Now, all of a sudden, now you're causing your wife or husband to go through unnecessary strain because you're not sustaining yourself in the completed work of Jesus. You see the effects? Demons look at legalities. They say, okay, I got him caught up in this sin. Therefore, this sin is not running rampant in his home. Now his son is paying for that sin and that habit because he went up under the, whatever, went, in his, went in his dad's computer and saw some things. Because you've been hurt because of X so and so, now your daughter is becoming a direct image of you hating men because you still ain't overcome the man that hurt you. And now you're giving demons legal rights to run rampant in your life. So the finished work of Jesus, it worked and, and eliminated the debt we each owe and eliminated the power of sin and Satan. Now, the finished work works. The finished work works. Let me make, make sure you can see this. Once we accept the finished work of Jesus, we enter sanctification, which progressively, if allowed, enables us to compete and complete. Here, let me make that plain for you. Once we accept the finished work of Jesus, the goodness of God drew us to a place of repentance. We had remorse for our sins. We want to get rid of our sins. And the only option available to do that is Jesus. We accept him into our life. The sealing of the Holy Spirit comes. Now it opens us up for sanctification, which then progressively, based upon cooperation, progressively, if allowed, see that word, if allowed, enables us to compete and complete. When I allow the finished work to work in my life, and I cooperate with it, it progressively starts developing me. The issue is not the finished work. 
The issue is our faithfulness. The issue is our um, uh, cooperation. We, the sealing of the spirit is different than the filling of the spirit. Hear me closely. The sealing of the spirit is that I've been sealed by his spirit. The filling is allowing him access to all the areas of my life so that I can be a better husband, be a better man, be a better preacher, be a better communicator, whatever. But so many of us got a bunch of closets and basements locked away. We've been marked and sealed by the spirit of God, but we're not giving him the progressive work because we are not repentant. And that's why the devil loves for you to be ignorant of the things you should be repentant of. He wants you ignorant so that you there will be no repentance. So if you're ignorant that that core issue and you're trying to solve the pornography, you're trying to solve the, the sleeping around, you're trying to solve the lying, you're trying to solve the stealing, you're trying to solve all these different lifestyle decisions, you're trying to solve all of this, but you haven't repented for the, the idolatry, you haven't repented from the insecurity, you haven't repented from the unforgiveness then all of a sudden you can't really be functional at a high level competing and completing a high level because you still got these things locked away in your life. In order for us to compete in this demonic world and break demons out of people's lives, break demons in, in, in environments, revival, the reason why revival is not taking place, number one, because of sovereignty of God, because God has a point by which he wants things done, but it could be because there's a lack of cooperation from believers who want to live completely abandoned of this world, completely detached of this world, where they're filled to the brim to such a degree that their shadows are healing people. Why do you think the disciples' shadows was healing people? Because they were filled to the overflow. That you so filled with the Holy Spirit, it, 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 it's like a beam. That when people get within your sphere, they're impacted. That's what I want when I walk into school, where kids, when they even see me down the hall, they can feel deliverance. When they see me down the hall, they can find hope in Christ. They can find the strength to go forward. I have to sustain completeness so that they can find their completeness in the completed and finished work of Jesus. It's deeper than this. It's level to this. Holiness is just not about obtaining a position. It's about sustaining that position with such fruit that it lasts generations, right? And so that's the beauty, the beauty of <clears throat> sanctification when there was cooperation. I can now compete without a demon making me feel condemned. I can compete without worrying about him or them or her and them. I don't got to worry about nobody because I'm fully completed. You can walk in your job right now. You can walk wherever you walk right now and compete and win. At a high level, because you're allowing the Holy Spirit to progress in you, filling you to the to fill into your overflow, overflow to such a degree that where you a culture uh, changer. We want to be culture changers. That no matter where we go, we can set the thermostat. That's why I'm not. Are you hear me say this all the time? I don't want to be a thermometer that just tells you the temperature. What's the point of just telling the temperature? I want to be the person that sets the temperature. That when I walk into a room and I find that it's too cold cold ice veins in this room i can heat it up to a certain place where people can be awakened to the things of god can be awakened to who they are in christ can be awakened to who they need to be in his life etc if i find that the room is too hot too tense too hostile the holy spirit can then use me as a thermostat to bring it down to the right temperature where people can then hear what's in me then they can be able to see what's in me so that's what we gotta be is culture changes and you can't be that if you're not if you complete it. Because if you walk into a room and you see something in that room that you feel will complete you, you will idolize the individual, you will idolize that position, you will pursue that thing besides Christ. But when you're working for Christ and from Christ, 
<coughs> then you will be able to be a life used by him, <coughs> a life used by him without anything in that room can pull on you. <coughs> The reason why preachers don't preach on certain things, the why the reason why dads don't instruct on certain things, the why moms don't really can't love a certain kind of way is because they're looking for completion, and they're they're still uh, uh, daydreaming and filled with nightmares about their depletions, the things that depleted them. Stop worrying about Tyrone. Stop worrying about Martha and them. Stop worrying about all your exes. Stop worrying about all that. You know what I'm saying? Stop worrying about what they did to you and how they depleted you, how they took from you. So learn from it. Grow from it. Earn from it, right? But if you walk into a room and you begin to see, well, I need my boss more than I need God. I need that man more than I need God. I need that woman more than I need God. I need this more than I need God. Then you won't be able to compete or complete at a high level. Therefore, you won't be able to hold anything on the next level. Next point. It says... In order for us to compete and complete, we must cooperate with the sanctification process. Sanctification process means this, that once the Holy Spirit comes in my life, it's a, he, he comes into my life, his, his, his essence is like cleaning detergent. It's like cleaning. It, 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 it just goes. It just flows. Now, if there's barriers in your life, right, there's barriers there. It's going to bump up against that. It's going to, as a gentleman, he's not just going to run through it. He's going to say, give me access to it. If you don't give him access to it, then that's the, that's, 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 that is as far you can go. But when you say, here's the keys to all my rooms, here's the keys to everything, my mind, my thoughts, my emotions. Here's the keys to my emotional cabinet. Here's the, here's the keys to my mental process drawer. Here's the keys to, to my perspective closet. Here is the, here's the keys to the basement of my desires. Here's the keys to everything. Go as you, go as you please. And then as you get in that process a year or two, then you will begin to see yourself improving. The reason could it be the reason why you're not married right now? Could it be the reason why your marriage is dysfunctional right now? Could it be that you're losing things in your life? Is it because you're not giving the Holy Spirit full access to your life? If you would have just let the Holy Spirit been done healed, no bad English, I know it, been done healed you from your ex, then maybe your next, maybe your right now wouldn't be so vexed. Maybe right now you would be in your next. It's a process. That's why the word of God says, count all joy when you go through various trials. Knowing this is the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. Everything in life requires patience because it's a process. And when you allow patience to have its full effect, its full work, you will then be complete, whole, like and the goal now is to get 99% of you all, because I'm pretty sure there's a 0.00% of you right now who's already operating at completeness, wholeness, lacking in nothingness level. But my goal is to get you there. But right now, the first part is to let you know where we should be. And then we'll talk about the process to get us to where we need to be. Thank you, God's girl. God's girl says, good teaching, Josh. Thanks for letting the Holy Spirit use. God gets the glory. Uh, uh, Kashandra says, morning, coach. Can a man? Oh, I'll, I'll get to your question. I'll, I'll get I'll get to y'all if I have time for sure. So we got to understand <clears throat> that we must cooperate with the Holy Spirit so that he can lead and guide us into all truth. Now, let's break that down. The Holy Spirit's job is to what? Number one, leading God is into all truth. Number one, to point us to the truth, the leading God is to all truth, because what? The truth sets us free. Jesus is the truth that set us free eternally uh, 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 in regards to that. Now, he's going to set us free. The Holy Spirit will then lead us into all truth in us. 
That's why the, the word of God says the Bible is like the mirror. It's the perfect law of liberty. It liberates us when you look at it as a mirror. And then we allow the Holy Spirit to point to the truth in you. Then you will say, man, set me free from that. If that's the reason why I'm not a, 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 please, a pleasure to work with and it will produce life pleasing to God, then please, by all means, erase that from me. Right? That's what sanctification is. Let's keep going. So I think I'm, I think I'm done. No? Man, I'm still not done. All right. Uh, for time's sake, I may just have to do a part two, part three. All right. Ah, hmm. I can't. Uh, these points I got fulfillment versus retirement. We must allow the finished work of Christ to finish or complete the things in us. We must obtain and sustain emotional completeness, mental completeness, spiritual completeness, physical completeness, provisional completeness. I'll do this next week. Uh, because I wanted to go through each point of what emotional completeness looks like, what mental, uh, uh, oh, I put the L-Y's actually, uh, it's supposed to be mental completeness, spiritual completeness, physical completeness, provisional completeness, right? We'll talk about this next week because I'm already 50 minutes in and I, I, I preached very strong and um, I don't feel like I should go no further. Uh, but let me make sure I do the first one. It's fulfillment versus retirement. We're full to fill our end on that. We're full to feel it's going to be hard to feel where you're supposed to uh feel if you're not full and sustain that fullness right now the holy spirit wants to fill you that's why the bible says he gives us a measure of faith a measure of grace and i'm not talking about grace for yourself but you're talking about uh, grace as far as uh, uh long suffering in along those words right there's a certain fullness that he gives us um, because he knows that they're like, like I'm not called to fill every hole, right? I don't have the capacity to fill every hole. That's why you got to know what kind of holes you're supposed to fill. Some people are only supposed to fill a neighborhood a hole. Some people are only supposed to hold a, a, a city hole. Some people are only supposed to hold a state hole. Some people are only full to be able to hold a regional hole. <clears throat> Some people are only full enough to hold a national hole. Some people only hold to fill an international hole. A neighborhood hole, a neighborhood capacity individual should not try to fill a global hole because your small little teaspoon cannot fill that, that gulf, right? It's understanding. I gotta know uh, uh the, the the I gotta know my calling to know my capacity. Man, that's good. I must know my calling to know my capacity so I won't be pouring in a hole that I can't fill. Each of you including myself, have been called to fulfillment. The society we live in says retirement. The heaven says fulfillment. When I'm 90 some years old, I will still be speaking. I will still be writing. I can't, you can't retire from your calling. The issue is we pick a career instead of pursuing our calling. When you pick a career, then you, you, then you are retired by 665 and then you at a beach somewhere doing nothing. The goal of life is to keep feeling, keep feeling because I'm full. I keep feeling. So what's your capacity? You won't be able to know your capacity, you know your calling, and you won't know your calling until you know the Christ, right? And so that's what we got to understand. That's what I'm going to leave you all on today. I just want to go an hour or 50 minutes or an hour or so um, because I have a long time to do this course. There's no need to rush. So um, I hope this message was a blessing to you. I hope it really challenged you to think about where you are, go ahead and go to the link below to go to the worksheet. Get the worksheet as an activity for that. Next week, we'll be talking about these points here. Emotional completeness, mental completeness, 
spiritual completeness, physical completeness, provisional completeness, and how that helps us hold. We must obtain and sustain and how that benefits things that we hold. Now, let me get some questions. Uh, Cassandra Hall says, morning, coach. Good morning. Can a man hold or compliment a woman in a relationship when he is in debt? He can't. He can, but he can't. He can't. Oh, let me make sure I make this clear because I'm kind of flowing. Let me look at this again. Can a man hold or compliment a woman in a relationship when he or or when he is in debt? It depends on how big the debt is. And is it and is the debt uh affecting the daily currency? There's certain debts that you may have a school loan debt, but if his delivery in the present is not only uh, enough to take care of the daily needs and to eliminate debt, right? Then that person may not be the person you'd be with yet, right? It's all about the size of the debt if you should be with him yet. Because there's a lot of people who's in debt and you could be in debt. A man could be in debt, right? But if you, if that man, let's say the man, if the man is not delivering, he don't have a job where where his his uh, uh his uh his current his uh his uh money coming in is more than the money coming out, and you're able to live comfortably while y'all grind. Comfortably doesn't mean uh extravagantly, it means simply until the debt is erased. My wife and I are doing that right now. But what I bring in in the current current, the currency that I'm bringing in currently is enough for my wife to live comfortably as we go and chip at the concrete that is debt, right? School debt or whatever, right? So can a man hold it? Yeah, he can. Depending on, he has to, be, a man can definitely hold a woman in a relationship or in a marriage if his output right now is bringing in certain currents, current currency-wise that can make you still feel comfortably. You got to ask, you got to ask him what's the size of his debt? What's the size of your debt? And can y'all really live? And if God has that man for you, uh, uh, and and y'all will have to then determine what simple life you need to live, what how simply you need to live to get rid of that debt so you can walk into financial freedom. That's why provisional completeness is important. We're going to talk about that as well. So I hope that answered your question. I think I had a brother, uh, Joshua Pittman says, if you're able to answer this question, my question is why when I decide to meditate, I get sleepy. I read, I read that meditation is an important part of prayer, but can never manage to stay awake. I think I answered the question last video. You probably got out this the live, but the best way is the enemy is going to always try to make you sleepy in the things that you need to mind, right? So when you, it's just, it's simple. It's warfare. The enemy is not going to let you meditate on the things of God. Demons are not just going to let you just read your Bible. That's why you remember everything you need when you about to pray. If you want to remember anything you're about to do, start praying. Go just start walking towards your Bible, open your Bible, and you will immediately begin to think about all the things you forgot. Your phone gonna start going off and you're gonna get sleepy. Those are the top three things that happen. You're gonna remember everything that you needed to do, and you're gonna be imp- you're gonna be compelled to get it done. You're going to what was my second thing? You're going to um uh get sleepy. That was number three. You're gonna get sleepy, and number three, you're going to what was my third one? Second one, what did I say? The top three things. Number one, um, you're going to remember everything you forgot to do. Number two, you're going to get sleepy. And number three, your phone going to go off. Simple as that. That's why you turn your phone off. You walk around at first. Maybe get you some coffee. Maybe get you some tea. Get you something that kind of stimulates you. Walk. When you, I, sometimes what I used to do early on in my walk with God, when I really got serious about God, I used to go for walks. I walked in nature because nature inspired me. I walked. I got my endorphins going. Sometimes you may need to work out before you start praying and meditate. Maybe you do some push-ups. Maybe you do workout. Do some workout so that you can get some endorphins in you 
right? So you can be motivated. Maybe you should take your vitamins. Maybe you should uh, look at your diet, things that may be whatever. But ultimately, it's demonic warfare. They're not going to let, they're not just going to let you read. They're not going to just let you do the things that God can say. No, the more you do that, the more complete you become. And the more you begin to thrive in the completeness of Jesus, then all of a sudden you start doing things at a high level for God. I love you all. Hope y'all was blessed by this. Make sure you get the wholeness journal. Oh, let me erase this. I'm sorry. Uh, make sure you get the wholeness journal. I think I put up the wrong graphics. It's the gray one today. Make sure you go ahead and get uh, the wholeness journal. It's available now on Amazon. <clears throat> it's a great book. Uh, has great uh, worksheets, tools, things to help you um, become whole so that you can hold better. Great resource, man. One of the, probably the greatest product that God allowed me to create. So I'm excited to give you all uh, access to that. So also go to my website and check out other books at like The Purpose of Singleness. This was the first book to this, but the wholeness journal is for teens, singles, and couples, dating or married, because it's for everyone. But this book right here is similar. You can see the bucket in this one. Uh, you see the kind of the graphics are the same, uh, but the purpose of singleness, are you whole or full of holes? Dating prep is a great book, uh, dating book to help you date God, date yourself and become dateable. Uh, so you can date the love of your life forever. Also, if you're struggling with soul ties or strongholds, I got a book here called the purpose of freedom, how to untie soul ties, or uproot strongholds. That book's available as well. The other book that I released last year called counterfeit or counterpart, how to continue to discern the will of God in your life. This book is an essential book for every believer. It's going to help you understand the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart. A counterfeit is anything you try to force fit in your life. A counterpart is the thing that plays a major part in your life that comes from the screenwriter of your life, God himself. So I hope those books will become a blessing to you. They're all available right now on IamUnplugged.com. Uh, check that out. Also check out me and my wife's uh, vlogging page, The Ezzy Life. We vlog, we're vlogging uh, more consistently now, so check that out. And um, I think that's it. Uh, let me check the uh, comments. Thank y'all so much for watching. Share this with someone and be ready for part two next Saturday at noon, Eastern Standard Time. And we're going to talk about what it means to be completed in the various areas of our being. I love you all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. Lord willing. Peace.